Hi, this is Pastor Danny Deeth, and I'm so excited that you have chosen to join us here at First Presbyterian Church for worship today. Know that the love, grace, mercy, and joy of Jesus Christ beckon you to join our church family as we seek to celebrate our journey with Christ in this service of worship. So we're glad you're here. Come on in. Our first lesson is taken from John 1, chapter 4, verses 7 through 21. Beloved, let us know one another, because love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, for God is love. God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent His only Son into the world so that we might live through Him. In, that we, in this is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, since God loved us so much, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God lives with us and His love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in Him and He in us because He has given us of His Spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the Father has sent His Son as Savior of the world. God abides in those who confess that Jesus is the Son of God, and they abide in God. So we have known and believed that the love God has for us. God is love, and those who abide in love abide in God, and God abides in them. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may... Have boldness on the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love chases out, casts out fear, for fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not reached perfection in love. We love because he first loved us. Those who say, I love God, and load their brothers and sisters are liars. For those who do not have a brother or sister, do not love a brother or sister, whom they have not seen, can never love God, whom they have not seen. The commandment we have from this hymn is this, those who love God must love their brothers and sisters also. This is the word of the Lord. Our second lesson is taken from John 15, verses 1 through 8. Fairly familiar passage with the vine, the branches, and the fruit. So I encourage you to listen with fresh ears. Listen for the word of the Lord, John 15, 1 through 8. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes to make it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I'm the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit. 
Because apart from me, you can do nothing. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So Elvis Presley died in 1970. Anybody? Oh my gosh, I'm impressed. Well done. 1977, that is correct. And immediately following Elvis's death, there was a rash of people who claimed to be related to Elvis. Many who claimed to be his loved children. It got so ridiculous that 10 years later, in 1987, a Detroit-based DJ named Dick Purton decided he would capitalize on what seemed to be just a silly uh, uh, explosion of these false claims and started issuing for $2 fake birth certificates, would have your name on it, and would have Elvis as your father. He sold over 3,000 of these fake birth certificates, $2 a piece, raising money for a good cause. So what these folks were searching for was some kind of identity, figuring out who they were, wanting to say they were here, they were rooted here, but they really weren't. Today's passage is literally all about being rooted and grounded in Christ. As we look at the Gospel of John, we're in chapter 15. This is part of what we call the farewell discourse. Jesus is talking to his disciples one last time. He has already washed the feet of the disciples. There's already been the Last Supper in John's account two chapters earlier in 13. And now in 15, he is trying to make it as perfectly clear as he can before he goes to lead them, leave them, what he means and what he needs them to know. This image of the vine in the vineyard, constant all the way through. As good Jews, those first disciples would have been familiar with the understanding of the vineyard. Central in the life of Israel. Many of the prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Hosea, several of the Psalms, even Josephus, a, a Roman historian, wrote that there was a carving in gold leaf of a vine on and over the temple itself. It was a sign of national pride. It was a sign of national identity. All of them as children would have grown up working in different kinds of vines in that agrarian culture, as Christ often did, as if with juice and bread, the common components in matters of life, Jesus again takes this image and reworks it so that they understand as good teachers do. This is the seventh of the I am sayings in the gospel of John. We start, the others are Jesus has the bread of life, the light of the world, the gate for the sheep, the shepherd, the resurrection and the life, the way, the truth, and the life, 
And then this is number seven, the true vine. Now, when you think of vines, those of you who garden or have driven anywhere on a highway in the south, there are many vines of different nature. Some are invasive species. Many will take over. Some are poisonous to us and our pets. And some, like the vine, the grapevine, produce fruit. Many produce beautiful flowers like wisteria. It's beautiful to see that, oh, look, it's beautiful, and killing everything it touches. So there are choices in vines. There are some good vines, and there are some that just seek to destroy. Jesus is making it clear that there are three characters in his illustration of this vineyard. God is the farmer. God is the grower. It is God who has planted and God giving the love and the growth. Jesus himself is the vine and we are the branches that come off of the vine. If you look at the cover of our bulletin, you can see the intricate nature of the vine kind of cutting across the middle of the page. You see leaves, you see the product, which is the fruit. So God does the growing, Jesus is the vine, and we come off of that vine as the branches, and our call and goal is to bear fruit. Nothing we hadn't heard before. But as you look at this arrangement, you look at the way that this is set up, the first thing we notice is that it is absolutely relational and communal. None of this is separated. God is not on high somewhere floating in the distance, every once in a while peering down on the little humans that he or she created. Jesus didn't come to this earth, resurrect, ascend, and then is gone. We are not just here of our own volition, our own vocation, our, or on our own. All of those things make this triangle in this image of all of these pieces being connected. I am the vine, you are the branches, Jesus says. Think about the hope that is embedded in that. I am the vine, you are the branches. We are so integrated and connected with Christ that nowhere we go are we apart from that branch. What do we, the branches, get from that vine? It is the nutrients. It is that which helps us to grow. It is that which gives us what we need in order to do what we were created to do, and that is to bear fruit. Remember Jesus cursing the fig tree on Monday of Holy Week, Sunday into Monday, depending on your, your gospel that you're reading. And curse that, one of the reasons was because that fig tree wasn't bearing figs, and that's what a fig tree should do. And similarly, our leaves can even look good. 
We can have some healthy systems in our branch. And we are abiding with Christ in that sense. Abide runs all the way through this. A a beautiful word for the way that God seeks to be in relationship with us and indwell within us. But we weren't made to just abide in a passive sense. We know that we are abiding by God. How? Because we are bearing fruit. That nutrients comes from Christ. That being connected in a way with Christ that we can never be separated. It's what we talk about at baptism. We use the word engraft. We are engrafted to the body of Christ. And here, we are absolutely and thoroughly connected. Columnist Sheila Graham wrote uh, a column after an interview with an adult, uh, Ruby Bridges Hall. If you remember Ruby Bridges, November of 1960, was the first African-American girl to integrate her elementary school in New Orleans. And so the columnist was saying, how did you do that as such a young child with all those voices screaming against you, having to be escorted by the police every day to and from school? And she said, my mother always taught me that when I was afraid, I needed to say my prayers. Whether I was at school or whether I was at home and had a bad dream, I knew that before I could get up and go see my mother if I had had a bad dream, the first thing she would say is, did you say your prayers? And that became a foundation of her faith with an understanding that she is connected to Christ no matter where she is. And no matter what hardship goes on, we too are connected with Christ who seeks to be connected to us. So many of you are dealing with such difficult things. Life is difficult. It's a part of this existence. But we need to know that when we are in those difficult places, we are the branch in Christ, or we are the we are the branch connected to Christ the vine. Well, preacher, what about that casting off into the fire business? I thought we weren't the hellfire brimstone folks that might be down the street. Well, absolutely there is judgment as a part of our faith. Never want to lead you astray from that. But Christ and the Spirit are our advocates. We continue to be offered new life as we talk about in our confession and assurance of pardon time. And the truth is, Whether you are a healthy vine or an unhealthy vine, you're going to be cut. If you are an unhealthy vine, you will be snapped off. Why? Because you're taking energy that needs to be going to the healthy vines. When you start a vine, the first three years, it doesn't bear fruit, and they clip off those young vines from the vineyard. And that allows all of it to flow to the proper places, so then it does bear better fruit. We've all seen pruning. We've all 
looked and, and seen the horror of something that, what did they do? It's like getting a really bad and short haircut. It looks wrong. We don't know why they did that, and yet that is the way to ensure health in the future. It almost works counter to what we think the, na- the way nature should work. You see beautiful blooms and you want them to bloom and be happy, but instead they're sawing off branches and they're all stumps waiting for the coming season. But that's the way to ensure their health and that they indeed bear that which they were created to bear. As human beings for us, again, no matter whether we are healthy or unhealthy, we're going to be pruned or cleansed or cut. The same word for cleansed in this pruning was the same word used to wash feet the night that Jesus washed the disciples' feet. Life does this. Sometimes God does this, not to our harm, not creating harm or suffering in our life, but taking that which happens in a way that can help us to grow and bear fruit. Our choice is to figure out what vineyard we want to be on. There are a lot of things we can connect ourselves to. There are a lot of things that we think make us healthy that have nothing to do with God, Jesus, church, faith, any of that. If I were to say to you, tell me in three descriptive words or terms, answer the question, who are you? Take a second. Who are you? What would you say to someone who interviewed you and was asking, who are you? What would you say to that? Father, husband, pastor, sports fan, lover of bacon. There are so many ways and categories that we can connect ourselves to for identity. But there is also so much out there from which we seek too much from these sources. Yes, they are fun, and they do give us some shade of who we are. And they can enhance life and make things great, But if we put all of ourselves into that identification, we're missing out on the one place that is the source of all of who we are. There are false connecting points out there. There are people seeking to manipulate you. Just last year in 2020, a social media influencer, Natasha Taylor, has hundreds of thousands of followers. She took a trip to Bali and she posted all of her pictures, and a lot of those, those hundreds of thousands of people responded and were excited, and then she came back a little bit later and said, I never went to Bali. My photographer and I just got together and took a bunch of pictures and sent them out and said we went to Bali. 
And her point was that especially on social media, online, you have to be careful of everything that you see. You may be being manipulated and not know it. You need to check the sources of pictures and information that you see. People are seeking to connect with you in a way that often is illegitimate. Or even if it is legitimate, it shouldn't be that which encompasses all of you. The one place that we know who we are is in our connectedness with Christ. As a part of this community, we don't do it ourselves. It's not, I am the vine and you are the branch. None of us does it alone. The community was never meant to be millions and billions of different pieces, but one common family. So are we bearing fruit is the logical question. We can certainly answer that as a church, as we look at ministry that comes from within and outside of our congregation. But the strength of the congregation is made up by those branches within it. And the stronger we are connected to Christ in our faith, that is what will transform this congregation to bear more and more healthy fruit as we move into the future. We can say all we want about going out and getting more people. Sure, of course we want that. We invite everyone to come and to join us and be a part of our church family. It is wonderful, it is growing, and it is exciting to be at this church. But often in doing so, we're turning over our responsibility. Well, we've We've got this program, we've got that program, and that's, that's good. That's a lot of how we operate. But it starts within each of us. Seeking that relationship to know that we are so utterly connected with Christ that we need to rejoice and invite other people to come and to celebrate with us. And the more that we rejoice in our connectedness with Christ, the more fruit we bear, whether we mean to or not, The more fruit that is seen by the world, last week we we said it, boils down to the simple terms again. They will know we are Christians by by our love. And that love is ministry. That love is fruit. That love is taking the love of Christ out into the world. It is using and experiencing the love of Christ in this space to be a part of this church family and then to go and share it with the world. What a great calling for us, and what a great time to reconnect our branches to Christ. Of course, what we will find out in doing so is that we have never been separated from Christ, neither can we. Yes, it talks about the pruning and those pieces that will be thrown in the fire, But what is it that Christ comes to offer us? New life. New life. New growth. We all have seasons of deadness. We all have seasons of being wilted as humans. 
as members of society. We have seasons because of circumstances that we both control and we don't. But one thing that we know, even if we feel like it's time for us to be pruned and we are dying on the vine, it is Christ who offers us new life and new growth. We are never separated from Christ. We are never on our own to deal with the complexities of this life. That's part of the joy. It's why we celebrate. Christ is that perfect grape that has come from the perfect conditions. Each of you already has been planted in beautiful, dark, fertile soil. Will you let yourself grow? Will you let yourself be rooted in Christ? Will you see the connectedness with the one who is inseparable from you, whether you know that or not? And if you don't, welcome, come on. We're all in different phases of our journey and we will help discover that together. It's one of the joys of a community of faith. So today, look at your fruit. Has there been fruit? Are they a little wonky? Do they need to be a little more healthy? We are all seeking to produce fruit for Christ together. Christ is the vine. We are the branches. There is no better news. Hallelujah. Amen.